So when I teach this course on Spike Lee, it's interesting when we make the shift from some of his uh, better known films, obviously his early films like uh, Do the Right Thing and Malcolm X, to the really uh, more independent film vibe of Red Hook Summer in terms of performances and some of its production values. Uh, you know, the way students have to come to terms with Spike Lee's diverse aesthetic and diverse strategies for uh, making films and for making the kinds of claims that he wants in a cinematic context. I always insist that Spike Lee never makes a film that's unintentionally what it is. <clears throat> that we actually ought to learn from and take our lead from the kinds of shortcomings and kinds of excessive uh, successes that his films have, that maybe that's part of how his cinema invites us to think. So the way Red Hook Summer wants us to think abandonment in terms of its aesthetic and in terms of the, <clears throat> as I put it, the, the sort of uh, exhaustion of the grown women characters and the children having this really precarious kind of place on the screen is exactly the same kind of place they occupy in their neighborhood. And so, you know, that shift towards a different kind of film, maybe a film that they don't enjoy, or that many viewers don't enjoy uh, at a sort of visual pleasure level, is nevertheless something that gives us thought it gives us reason for thinking or thinks for us and invites us to think with it. I think along with Red Hook Summer, one of the, uh, the, the most difficult film for me to teach of Spike Lee's is his 2015 film Chirac. And part of that has to do with <clears throat> things that I think are particular to a generation of students, right? Which is that they have a hard time taking Nick Cannon seriously. Nick Cannon in 2015 was one kind of media uh, presence and he's become a very different kind of media presence now. He's a meme, he's a joke. Um, people just have a hard time taking him seriously on screen. Um, and maybe perhaps if they figure out that he does a lot of the musical performances, they have a difficult time taking those seriously too. And I'm sympathetic to that at a certain level. That's part of consuming cinemas that we we come to it with a desire for entertainment and a desire for pleasure. And that when it has production values that we don't connect with, in the case of Red Hook Summer, or perhaps casting uh, elements, in the case of Chirac with Nick Cannon, um, it can impede our, our relationship to the film or, or fundamentally shift and change it. But more than that, I think, <clears throat> is the mixed genre of Lee's film that it is really two films, right? One is, uh, it's a satirical, farcical, musical, almost. Um, and, and musical not in the sense that it's a series of songs, but it's a, it has a kind of musical feel to it where the movement in the screen around the sex strike, right? The, the recreation of the Lysistrata story that has a, a playfulness and unseriousness to it in movement that I think is very different, <clears throat> very different uh, than the other part of the film, which is about the lives of the people, 
right? And the, the struggles that different generations are having and different elements of the community are having around uh, uh, gun violence and gang violence. And so thinking those uh, in that way about the film, it's really kind of two films already. The farcical, uh, satirical side, the Lysistrata story, and the story of Chirac, who's a person. So it's interesting also to me, I will say as an aside, that some of the objections to the film when it came out, and even when I teach it and talk about it with other uh, scholars or friends, uh, people will get very upset about it being a representation of Chicago because, of course, Chicago is a city of diverse kinds of experiences and is this film trying to reduce all of Chicago to a particular kind of gun violence? I don't think it actually is ever doing that. <clears throat> but it's important to note that Chirac is not... not uh, this, the film is not necessarily about the city. It's about a character named Chirac. Right? And so... That's a sort of interesting aside in terms of what the film is. It's about a character, right, who is placed in a city, but could be in any city. But the film is not just those two films of the sort of side of of the of the lives of people telling stories about gun violence and resistance to it or indulgence in it, and the farcical um, side of the recreation of the Lysistrata story. It's also actually the, uh, fractured into a third part, which is something I really want to take up in the next piece, which is <clears throat> something that borders more on documentary filmmaking. That is that Spike Lee employs non-professional actors or even actors in the case of Jennifer Hudson who have moments where there is a break from their professional performance that I think um, implicates them and embeds them in something deeply personal. And so it ends up being, for me, a really mixed genre film. It has documentary elements. It has fictional uh, melodrama elements. That's the main story. And then farcical elements, the telling of the Lysistrata story. So <clears throat> one of the questions for me about the film is how is it successful or how is it unsuccessful? Like what would we generate as a criterion for talking about Chirac as a successful film. And I think that's difficult because when you have a film that picks a genre and goes with it, you can tell very easily a story about you know what, what makes this genre successful and uh, do you meet those standards or do you change the standards and meet the standards you've changed to, right? That you've, that you've altered. Do you meet that new standard? We can't really say that in this film because it is, in some ways, a cut-up and splice of three different genres, primarily uh, melodrama and uh, the farcical, but also uh, the, the border borderland between uh, fiction and documentary that, for me, is the most powerful part of the film. Uh, really thinking about those three elements and how to evaluate the success of a film is difficult. I don't think we can go on genre alone, obviously. But it is a question for me about how well do the three match up. And for me, when I evaluate the film, I don't think that the three match up. And they don't match up... The reason they don't match up is not because one or the other of the elements or sort of uh, you know genre inside the film 
It's not that one or two of them are poorly done and another is well done or that they're all poorly done. It's that there's no emotional balance between the, the sort of comedic, farcical uh, stuff around sex strike, a lot of which plays on sort of sexual humor, um, you know, that's, you know, immature, but immature in that way that so many of us are immature about sex, you know, ha ha ha, that's funny, right? And it, there's a lot of that, right? About yearning and missing sex with your beloved, but, you know, um, withdrawing for a higher cause or higher purpose. And it, it makes for, for comedy. And there's some send-ups of the police. There's send-ups of, of Southerners and the remnants of Confederate life, which I think in some ways also points the way from Chirac to Black Klansmen, which is uh, some years later. But in the end, for me, the film's pieces don't fit together in a, in a coherent emotional whole. And they don't cohere. And I struggle a lot, I have to say, as someone thinking about the film. And I think about this film a lot, maybe more than other Spike Lee films, because it's such a puzzle to me. That, you know, I also think that Spike Lee is intentional in making a film that doesn't hold together, that making a film that leaves us with no emotional balance, in large part because there's something so deeply disorienting and just profoundly nihilistic and despairing about the topic of the film, which is gun violence and the absolute terror and ruin it enacts on entire neighborhoods and entire sections of cities, in this case, city of Chicago. And so for me, I in some ways have tried to shift my thinking about Chirac as a mixed genre film and how does the emotional balance work or not work? And does that mean it's successful or unsuccessful? And instead turn to what I think the film actually is, the thing that threads those three genres together, and that's that it's a polemical film. I think Spike Lee can be didactic. I think that Spike Lee can be heavy-handed with some of his moralism and some of his politics. I actually think those things are strengths. I don't consider that to be a flaw as a filmmaker. But he doesn't really, by and large, does not make... Um, he does not make polemical films, right? where he just simply takes a side and absolutely tries to devastate us with the side he has taken. But this film is different. This film has no sense of the interrogative in it. So if part of what I wanted to claim across multiple little podcasted pieces on Spike Lee's cinema if one, one of the things I've tried to really emphasize is that he makes cinema in the interrogative. And it is remarkable to me that Chirac is where that interrogative stops. And it stops because the atrocity is just too much. I think that there's this sense in Spike Lee's filmmaking where he has... He has documented the complexities of black people's relationship to one another 
right? And how those relationships can be deeply destructive, right? In terms of, you know, the way masculinity is formed in the abjection of femininity, abjection of women, and and, and the the injustices and the uh, the moral atrocities that that leads to in something like school days, right? And you know, we can think of all other kinds of, of intraracial conflicts and ambiguities and complexities that he draws out and makes the centerpieces of his films. You know, Get on the Bus is just one long airing of dirty laundry and work towards conciliation to making a different kind of relationship possible. But he does stop at least twice in his filmmaking, one with Bamboozled, and another with Chirac to say, wait a minute, we are doing this other level of violence to ourselves as black people. And that needs to be addressed. And I think in that way, Bamboozled is at times a polemical film as well. It is a film, uh, Bamboozled <coughs> is a film that has a ton of irony and a ton of sarcasm and a ton of, of mockery and stereotype in it. That, that's what drives it. But um, Chirac doesn't have that. But in the end, Bamboozle is a polemic against a certain kind of black uh, cultural production, uh, both television and, and film, where he's saying, like, wait a minute, we are doing such harm to ourselves by embodying willingly or unwillingly, consciously or unconsciously, this uh, an this form of anti-blackness and humor we call minstrelsy. I think there's something very much like that going on in Chirac in terms of polemic where he's just stopped and said, look, black people are killing each other in these, at these incredible rates for nothing, right? Really for, for nothing at all. The film... You know, Chirac does not lack system-level diagnosis, right? And when I've taught this in the past, some students, you know, have said, and, and I've seen critics uh, write in sort of popular film uh, uh, film criticism, have said, you know, he's blaming black people for, for gun violence in black communities. I actually think that, in, in this film, I actually think that completely misunderstands the film and is a hard part when I'm teaching because I don't want to just say, you're completely fucking wrong, but that's completely fucking wrong, right? Through the, the, the priest character played by John Cusack, um, he has a social justice message, right? That is is deeply politically critical and urgent, and it's around jobs and healthcare, right? Emergency services. There's a whole, you know, really kind of heavy-handed, almost ham-fisted, uh, you know, moment where it's like the community is making a demand for trauma centers, right? Like there's, you got to drive a gunshot victim all the way across the city to get them trauma care if they're on the south side. And we need trauma care in our neighborhoods because this is a fact of our lives and these people deserve to live, 
right? Just because you're standing there and a, and a bullet enters you by accident, or even if you're involved in some kind of activity, you're a human being who deserves treatment, right? And not death because we couldn't make a, a, an emergency room near you. You know, that, that level of systemic concern is absolutely there, as is a concern about jobs and poverty and hope, right? That's uh, all over the film. But it, again, is sort of spliced in between the satirical or farcical and the documentary and the melodrama. But I think we see that systematic concern. But at bottom, Spike Lee really is saying, like, look, black people need to fix this problem, right? And that's what the sex strike motif is about. It's like, look, it's that bad. It's like, how about we just, you know, have a sex strike? until you know this is over it's come to that i think it's that for me the farcical element in the film is responding to that feeling and it's a legitimate feeling of like it's come to this like what else can we do nothing seems to work nothing seems to be making an impact or making a difference so maybe we should you know entertain this thought experiment of a sex strike but that is all taken up as a way of saying, like, look, black people have to fix this problem. And, you know, one way to take that is that Spike Lee is letting white people off the hook. I don't think that's true. I think that's part of the, the claims around, around trauma center, around jobs, around education, medical care in the film, right? That's absolutely there. And so he's trying to make sure that we're reminded that this is a systemic problem. And, and it's this, you know, poverty and isolation and crime are produced by uh, sociological conditions and political choices that could be otherwise. He's absolutely doing that. But it's also, for me, uh, a reminder that he didn't just make a film about Malcolm X because Malcolm X is an icon, or that that was his way to make a lot of money or to become more famous. But he made a film about Malcolm X because there's something about Malcolm X and the Nation of Islam's uh, value system and approach to social and political change that resonates very deeply with Spike Lee's own views, right? He himself is not, uh, of course, uh, uh, you know, a member of the nation, but he shares with them, I think, this conviction that black people have to fix their own problems because white people will never be there for black people. White people don't care about black people, right? He highlights uh, on and when the levees broke, a uh, documentary I'll talk about in a different uh, pair of pieces. When he, you know, he airs that Kanye West moment on the fun tele, tele, uh, television uh, fundraiser where he says George Bush doesn't care about black people. Famous, you know, moment of, uh, you know, Kanye before he became a right winger. And he um, airs that not just because it's an iconic moment around Hurricane Katrina and its aftermath, but because this idea that George Bush, the government, white people don't care about black people is a starting point. And if we are actually committed to that, I think he's right about that. And that's really fucking depressing and dispiriting and enraging. But if he's right about that, 
Then the question is, what are black people supposed to do about gun violence? They can ask for trauma centers. They can ask for jobs programs. But those will come in little bits and pieces. They'll take years and years, and they'll be half done. They'll be withdrawn. There'll be a new mayor, a new city council. They'll take it back. They'll, they'll, they'll reduce it. All the like bullshit that comes with anti-black racism is going to show up in these moments. And so if we can expect that for whatever rage it produces in us, whatever outrage we have, if we can expect that from white people, then the question is, you know, how, how are black people supposed to change the world? And I think that's where Chirac takes up this position that is actually indigenous to the Nation of Islam and to Malcolm X's own politics, which is self-repair through discipline. Right? That's the Nation of Islam's appeal in so many ways is, is self-discipline, right? And how that transforms individuals and transforms communities. And it has to be something like that some kind of intra-racial effort to end gun violence. Why not a sex strike, right? It's funny, but it also draws attention to this idea, right, or this value, this political value of, you know, pending a revolution, you know, waiting, you know, in lieu of a revolution, right, in lieu of white people becoming something white people haven't been ever, you know, if not, you know, six centuries if ever, you know, in lieu of all of those changes, there are thousands of victims of gun violence every month. So what do we do about that? And that's that turn inward. And so for me, that's the polemical character of the film. It starts out with these astonishing statistics about gun violence that are just so cratering. And I remember a student saying a couple of years ago when we talked about this film, saying, like, I saw that and I was like, how can I watch this film? Like, what could po possibly follow statistics around gun deaths in the United States? Like the number of black people di dying from gun violence compared to the number of, of soldiers dying in Iraq and Afghanistan. Um, when you start to see those numbers, how do you make a film after that? I think like that's Spike Lee's problem. He sets that stuff up at the beginning. He walks us through the numbers. The numbers can be manipulated, but they don't tell lies in this case. They tell a really fucking bleak story. And so then what do you, how do you respond to that? Where do you go with that as a filmmaker? How do you make a film about gun violence and addressing it? I will say it's an, a very important question I ask my class and I ask myself. Right? Any kind of criticisms and, and even like dislike we might have of Chirac for whatever reason, we also have to ask ourselves, where are other films about g gun violence in black communities that actually take it seriously as a social and political problem? Like Chirac is really one of the only, if not the only, films to take that seriously. Sometimes it's taken seriously at the deeply personal level, right? where you tell a story about a person and we get intimate to that pain. But but Chirac is is an expansive film in terms of, of what it wants to address and how it wants to talk about it. I don't think the parts hang together, but they don't hang together because the film is a polemic. And it's just saying by any means necessary, we have to say enough is enough. We can't have any more of this. 
We have to live differently. We have to be different people. How do you make different people without revolution and fundamentally changing the order of society? If you want to say, well, you need that revolution in order for anything to change, then you've consigned thousands of deaths, right? Every year until that revolution, which has no indication of being on the horizon. So then the other question is like, if we're not going to, the follow question is if we're not going to wait for that moment, what can we do? Well, this is a film that I think it's fragmentation into three parts is produced as much by despair that there is no way to tell a coherent story about how to address this because it makes no fucking sense. And so let's tell three different kinds of stories, a farcical, a melodrama, and a quasi-documentary. Let's tell all those stories at once and just say, see this thing that's happening in our communities, our meaning from Spike Lee's perspective, black communities. See what's happening in black communities. Sit with that. Sit with your rage. Sit with your sadness, right? In all of these registers, the farcical, the melodramatic, and the quasi-documentary, and then ask, like, how do we, again, in Spike Lee's voice, how do we black people address this problem? Because we sure the hell are going to get nowhere if we wait for white people. If we wait for white people to change this, right? Look at the portrayal of the cops in this film. They couldn't care less about black death. It's a hassle to them. And when there's, you know, the, the raiding of the armory by the women, uh, we find out that, you know, this, this all this Confederate nostalgia, right? Um, you know, it's, it's you know, the, the tie between, like, city politics and, and the police. Uh, I mean, it's just all a mess. And so it's like, what else are we going to do? The community has to fix itself. Not has to fix itself because there are no questions to be asked about society or to be asked about capitalism or to be asked about white racism. It's not because we can't ask those questions. It's because we can ask those questions as they've been asked for centuries. And white people will continue to do the same thing. So then that's that's what drives the demand like of... The community has to fix itself. The has to comes from a sense of abandonment. That's the connection for me with Red Hook Summer. In other forms of abandonment, abandonment to gun violence, there's only one way to fix that. And the only way to fix that is the community itself. What are the community's resources? I think maybe the sex strike being such an absurd motif is itself a commentary on the lack of resources communities have to address this. A lack of a sense of where to even get footing. And Spike Lee is not criticizing communities. He's that community too. He's saying, I don't know how you step in and as a community address this problem. All I know is that the community has to do it. And in that way, I said that Chirac is not a film in the interrogative. I think that the film actually leaves us with that question. What is community to do when it's been abandoned to gun violence? And the gun violence 
Is the community turned against itself? What possibilities are there for liberation from that? If you think that the sex strike farce is just silly and makes no sense and doesn't, doesn't actually suggest any kind of whatever possibilities for change, well, what else is there? Well, what else there is? There's the melodrama and there's the documentary. I'll talk about that in the next piece. But it's a question of like, what is the action to be taken? Short of massive systemic change, how does a community address itself? How does it understand itself? How does it make itself a place where thousands of people are not dying from community gun violence? And by asking that question, whatever dissatisfaction we have with the way Spike Lee addresses it in Chirac, we also ought to ask ourselves, what responses do we have to that? Because there is no clear answer. There is no clear way out of this series of atrocities. There is instead what Spike Lee documents, a sense of hopelessness that pushes to the point of, fuck it, no fucking, until the gun violence ends.